Welcome in, everyone. Thanks so much for joining me today. And um, yeah, this is a, a sensitive topic for me, but I'd still like to share something on it. Um, and really what I wanted to talk about was this, you know, the essence of, of the title of this video, which is, you know, opening the heart also sometimes means healing the heart. But, um, you know, I didn't want to imply like a blanket statement to everyone. But what I have noticed in, in my life, in my uh, meditation practice, and sort of maybe you can call it path of healing or path of um, growing a sense of an open heart towards myself and others. Um, like I said, I don't want to put a blanket statement, but what I would say is almost, you know, not sometimes, but all the time, you know, because I've noticed when my heart is uh, struggling, suffering, uh, when I'm... Um, stuck in my own constrictions around hollowness, around unlovability, um, that it's really difficult to open my heart towards others, um, that it becomes more conceptual uh, when I'm attempting to do that. And sometimes it's just closed. It's just blocked. So I'm guessing uh, my experience is not unique. There's probably some of you out there who struggle with the same thing. And so I thought to share this because um, I almost think of these two things as the same thing now. That is not a matter of just developing uh, more loving kindness and compassionate towards others, more kindness in general. It's also a process of understanding and healing uh, the wounds of our heart. Now, maybe I'll define this because that uh, some of you may know what I mean by that ter term, the wounds of our heart, and some of you might be like, huh, what's he talking about? <laughs> so I already named a few. Um, Sometimes we can feel often in, in the modern world the sense of hollowness, uh, which I'll describe a little bit more about in a moment. Sometimes it's a sense of not enoughness. Um, for some people, it can be unlovability or, or like where we seek validation through others all the time or that, you know, we don't feel lovable no matter how much care we have around us. And um, I've seen these not only as aspects of my life and, and things I've I'm I'm actively working on to heal and have been for a while, but also things that come up for uh, mentees and students I work with and just across the board. You know, we can see anxiety is shooting through the roof uh, in, in, in the United States, at least, um, so much so that the Surgeon General is actually quite alarmed and they're trying to take steps to work with this and, and learn why this is happening so much um, in the U.S. My guess is, you know, Anywhere where, where a large amount of modernization and um, consumerism and um, we could just say like where, where we're getting our well-being from the outside back whenever there's that and that's, you know, in, in a mode that's kind of like like hyperactive, um, then uh, there's going to be this sense of hollowness, not enoughness and unlovability. Uh, and again, this is a spectrum. We're all in different places with this. Like I said, it's not maybe affecting everyone. But what I have noticed is if we don't have ways to work with this, if we don't start to work with these wounds of the heart, um, we start to feel disconnected from others um, alone. And it's very difficult to develop healthy societies and healthy communities um, where we care about each other. Now, what's kind of amazing is despite these wounds being more and more prevalent, we do have communities where we care about each other. So it shows how vital that is to the human spirit, how innate that is, how our sense of compassion, warmth, and love even can 
you know, peck through when we we have a lot of woundedness ourselves. I would say even the fact that we seek relief from our own woundedness is a form of care, right? Because often we separate these two, like I was saying earlier, the sense of how we uh, approach care out in the world towards others and care towards ourselves. And sometimes, unfortunately, uh, care towards ourself can actually exacerbate the problem because we become more and more self-preoccupied and therefore um, more self-obsessed. And then this kind of unlovability, not-enoughness goes down even further. So it's a little of a a predicament that I'm not going to be able to, you know, get into an exhaustive explanation of today, just sort of opening the door. And um, so, as I said, I've started to really reflect and think of this as a not a dual problem, but a singular problem. And it's a problem of um, connectivity, essentially. It's, it's, you know, when there's a disconnect from our own bodies, when there's a disconnect of allowing um, imperfection to exist within our emotional reactions, thoughts, sense of self, etc. Uh, then there's a there's a also a disconnect outwardly where we can, you know, have a lot of judgment towards the world around us, um, a sense of like everything um, going wrong or being screwed up, when actually the human spirit is quite beautiful, um, as is, naturally, organic. I'm not saying we don't do bad things, we do. Uh, but usually that's because we've we've lost, you know, some of us contemporarily lose that connection to that organic care and warmth and connectivity. So to me, this is um, really a wound or um, a sickness of, of connection. So one of the steps I've taken, uh, which has helped me the most with this process, has been uh, from a practice called handshaking, which really derives from, um, you know, a few different practices, but it's something my my main teacher, Sony Rinpoche, put together based on some Tibetan teachings, as well as some somatic practices from Western psychology. And it's very simple. It's just welcoming, being with, uh, allowing our emotions sensations, um, energies in the body to be as they are. And we meet them, we we practice letting be with them, we meet them with awareness or watchfulness, and we allow them to move, to arise, to change, to hurt, to uh, sometimes they're not hurting, sometimes they're 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 very pleasurable or or joyful. So we allow them basically to be what they are. And it seems so simple um, to do, and, and it, it is simple, but it's also challenging because when we've conditioned ourselves to um, feel good based on an outer circumstance our whole life, um, it's difficult to trust this process or practice of just letting be with our internal experience. It's also challenging just to be aware in general. We need to train in some meditative practice or mindful awareness, uh, sometimes first, to cultivate that, to be able to just be with the body. But what it what it does over time as we practice it is it really tr- transforms this experience where instead of seeking something from the outside to fill a lack or a need or um, uh, a sense of hollowness on the inside, we're, we're just being with our own experience. Uh, 
and we're applying a type of compassionate presence to it, which just means, you know, not trying to change it, not trying to feed it in an unwholesome way, not trying to modify it by, you know, following after the next exciting thing or distraction. And so, you know, this is, this is challenging, but <clears throat> I don't know. For me, it's been so powerful over the years. It's been such a transformative practice to then reconnect with, um, <clears throat> excuse me, even traditional practices in Buddhism, like developing boundless loving kindness and boundless compassion, boundless joy, boundless equanimity, what we call the four immeasurables. Um, some traditions call them the four Brahma Viharas. And, you know, we can develop these on their own, but sometimes there's blocks because, um, we don't feel lovable ourselves. So how are we going to fully um, recognize the lovability of other beings? Again, <clears throat> we can still do these uh, practices, these meditations on loving kindness, but sometimes they become very conceptual. There's a block in dropping them down into the body. So this recognition of the lovability of ourselves uh, along with the lovability of all beings is, you know, it, it realigns and allows that reconnection to happen. It allows us to reconnect back to an organic, wholesome process of, you know, it doesn't have to be about are we getting something out of it or, or are they getting something out of it? It's the we. So I think this is something we really need nowadays. Um, but it can't come from the outside in. It has to come from the inside out, in my opinion. And when it happens, it's a felt experience. It's not a conceptual experience. It's a felt experience of the we and the value of, of all of us, uh, that, that each being is innately worthy. Um, they don't have to prove their worth. They don't have to do anything to be worthy. They just are worthy. And it's, and it's something we know through knowing our own worth and knowing our own inner worth. And that that inner worth is not something we need validated or we need to prove. Um, my teacher, Sonia Ramsha, he calls this a, a basic sense of okayness. Sometimes he also calls it essence love. But really basic okayness, uh, that's more what it feels like to me uh, when, I'm, when I'm accessing it. So, yeah, I just wanted to share some thoughts here on that. And that, you know, really reflecting on this and reflecting on how this applies to our life. And, and of course, you know, if you want to practice handshaking, you can go to the source. You can go check out Sonia Ramshe, um guiding meditation on it, both on, on his website as well as um, his online course, Fully Being. But also you can check out here on, on uh, my, my podcast and, and YouTube channel. I, I guide some meditations on it. And again... I'm just sharing what, what I know. There's also other things that really help with this, right? There's so many modalities, but the, the predicament has to be recognized because otherwise a wellness technique can also become a technique to further hollowness, right? Because it's bringing something in to perfect ourselves. But what if, you know, it's not about perfecting, it, it's about recognizing we're beyond perfection or imperfection. And that recognition has to be experiential. It's not just a cognitive belief. It has to, we have to experience it, as I said, in this form of our basic okayness. So I'm a big fan of the handshaking practice. That's what I know. It's what I, what really helps me. It's what I, I've seen to help people I work with. Um, but like I said, there's, there's other things too. But the basic thing of just recognizing, we need to recognize the problem, which is, you know, we need to stop validating ourselves 
based on the outside, right? And then what happens is we can reconnect to the outside, other people, you know, our life, work, et cetera. We can connect to that through this sense of basic okayness. So I'll leave it there. Um, if you want to reach out, I'd love to hear from you on this, just your stories, what's going on with you. If you're watching on YouTube, please comment. You know, I really appreciate that. If you're on social media platforms watching this too, please comment. You know, again, this is just about, I think, talking about our collective story as well, because we need a way to help each other in this. We need a way to find out, well, well what's actually working to reconnect with this sense of basic okayness the we instead of the I, the sense of like, it's not that, you know, I need to love myself over someone else. There's, there's love that's pervasive. So how do we connect with that? So I'd love for some conversation on that. We're in a period where we need to collaborate a little bit more. We need some sort of feedback from each other and what's working, what's not working. Okay. Thanks so much, everyone. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to watch this or listen to this. Take care.